if coffee can be healthy for you if we drink it correctly and we optimize for health, this can have a massive impact as far as the overall health of a community or a population, which can have a massive impact on like healthcare dollars and things like that. And so that's a really big deal. Okay, Coffee 101ers, I've got to be honest with you here. I'm, I'm kind of going to let you in on a secret that we've been holding back um, a little bit. And it's, it's a big, it's a pretty big secret. And um, I mean, should we tell them, Katie? Might as well. I mean. I mean, it's already dramatic. Can't yeah. leave them cliffhanger. Okay. Okay, so, all right, so I'm just going to do it. So, I'm a physician. Plot twist. Yep, I'm a physician. So, you thought we were just awesome, like, podcast people, and we I'm not a physician. No, you're not yet. You're not yet. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Um. And you thought, and you thought they're awesome podcast people, and... They have a coffee company, Uncle Coffee Company, uh, which brings us the great content and education that all our one-on-oneers out there love. But unless you looked in the show notes or you went to UncleCoffee.com, you actually didn't know that I'm a physician. Nope. So now you know. And today's episode starts a series about four or five episodes that we're going to do on coffee and health and you're actually going to be hearing from somebody who knows a little bit about medicine and obviously health. me yes it's you but I, I will add where where you lack oh okay 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 so plot twist of plot twists we are going to deep dive into health on the coffee 101 podcast wow from Mumble Coffee, this is Coffee 101, a show about, well, coffee. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and every week, my coffee friends and I are bringing you the absolute best coffee education you can find out there in the coffee verse. If you're new to the show, I recommend starting from episode one, and you're thinking, that's a long time ago. It's okay. Go back. It's worth it. Coffee 101 is designed to build your coffee knowledge in a chronological order from the ground up. Coffee 101, go ahead, pat yourself on the back. Your coffee game just leveled up. Season 1 takes us on coffee's journey from seed to shelf. And on the show today, Katie and I are going to be talking about coffee and your health. That's right we are. That's right we are. It's going to be awesome. As always. As always. And so a little disclaimer here because you have to have this stuff in podcasts. If you have a medical emergency, don't say that on Coffee 101, they said I could drink a cup of coffee and I would be fine. Because that is not what we had said. That is not what we had said. And so just go to your regular physician, go to the ER. So there's our disclaimer. You know, even though technically I am a physician, um, just go and actually talk to a physician. You're welcome to come see me, 
but like don't fly from California to come see me because we said something about coffee and health. I mean, they could, but after you get fixed, you can, but then you have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you know, in preparing for today and actually, honestly, Katie, I've done, um, several presentations at, at medical conferences, national medical conferences on coffee and how it impacts your health. And it really does. I mean, it really does make a big difference in, um, in, in somebody's health. And I haven't actually ever up to this point at a coffee conference from a medical perspective talked about health. Um, but I'd like to. So if anybody's organizing any coffee conference out there in the world, you're welcome to DM us at Humble Coffee on Instagram or just leave a rating and tell us in the rating that you'd love to have us. And I'm sure there's other ways you could find us. Do you and, have an uh, email? Uh, yes, they could do support at humblecoffee.com. There you go. And that would be a good one. Uh, and we would love to talk to you about um, how we can continue to educate the world about how healthy coffee is. And I think it's kind of underrated. Like, like when you think, Katie, on a day, mm. what is the healthiest thing that I put in my body? Water. Okay, that's Period. actually a good answer. So, uh, so give, me, give me like another answer. Like, like wh- what do people like tout as like, this is healthy? Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Probably like. Pomegranates? No. Green tea? No. Red wine? No. Which all those things people tout as being healthy for you. Maybe like, not necessarily vegetables, but like whole wheat bread. Okay. I always feel shamed when I go to a restaurant and they're like white or wheat and I'll say white bread <laughs> and then they're like, okay, um, anyways. And then they just are like, woo. Yeah. White bread. I mean, wheat bread makes my stomach hurt. So I have to have white bread. There you go. Deal with it. Um, so yes. So the things like I said, and also like you said, there's all these different, um, things that are kind of vying for your attention of. This is healthy. And actually, honestly, of all the things you and I both said, I think water is probably uh, the best thing. I did a whole paper on this in eighth grade. You did? Mm-hmm. So, when, so one, one rule of thumb, and, and for all the one-on-oneers out there, this is a lot. I actually don't drink this much water, but this is, as far as like what I would recommend, um, I'd recommend at least 64 ounces of water a day. And uh, usually, honestly, we say half of your weight in ounces. That's a lot. That's a lot of water. And we're talking about pounds. Weight so, in like, pounds. if a regular water bottle is about 17 ounces, uh-huh. then that's like... What water bottles are 17 ounces? This one from Kroger that I'm oh, holding right now. okay. 16.9 fluid ounces. Well, there ounces. you go. And so, if it's 17 ounces, you have to drink, like... A bunch of them. Three or four of them a day. Yeah. Four. Four plus. Yeah, something like that. So, but here's the thing is that coffee is probably the healthiest thing. Like a cup of black coffee is probably the healthiest thing that you can put in your body on a day. Mm. 
I you're, am dead serious. You'll have to prove it to me. Oh, 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 you wait. Oh, oh goodness. You wait, because this episode and the next episodes, like, we are going to crush the prove it to me attitude. I Right. <laughs> so, this episode, let me give a little background here. So, there was a big, big study that put together a lot of studies, um, and this came out in 2017, and we'll put a link in that, in the show notes of this and the upcoming episodes that really kind of did a deep, deep, deep dive in how coffee impacts health. And if, in looking at that paper, people still have questions about more specific papers that we pulled data from for what we're about to go through in all these episodes, they can just contact us directly um, because I have about... Uh, it's probably closer to a hundred um, different papers uh, that we looked at when we were getting all this data together. But coffee really is healthy for you, and I mean, it's starting to be marketed as far as an awareness for that. But it's not something that like everybody knows. Um, and when we're talking about coffee, like I alluded to earlier, we're talking about black coffee. We're not talking about coffee with sugar in it. And coffee with creamer in it. Just black coffee. Just black coffee. And so the way that we're going to break this down is this episode and the next episode, we are going to go through um, the effects that coffee can have directly on your health. And we'll go through different like systems and things like that. And then probably about the third episode, we will talk about things that factor into coffee itself, like for example, the elevations that the coffee is grown, the the roast level of the coffee, things like that, on the coffee industry side that make a difference in how it impacts health as far as optimizing for health. And then we'll spend an episode on what consumers can do to optimize their cup of coffee for their health. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. From a public health standpoint... If, if at least 64% of, we'll say, Americans drink at least one cup of coffee a day, then if coffee can be healthy for you, if we drink it correctly and we optimize for health, this can have a massive impact as far as the overall health of a community or a population, which can have a massive impact on like healthcare dollars and things like that. And so that's a really big deal. For years, doctors warned against coffee and they said, do you know things that they used to say? No, but I do remember, I feel like I used to have a really negative kind of connotation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like everyone said it will stay in your teeth and you'll get addicted and like the caffeine's bad for your heart and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically doctors, uh, this is, we'll say at least 30, 40 years ago, used to say that coffee would stunt your growth. It would increase your risk of heart disease, cause ulcers, heartburn, um, stuff like that. But when they went back and looked at the studies that pointed to coffee as being the culprit in that, it turns out that it wasn't the coffee that was to blame. It was it was the cofactors. Sugar. 
Well, at that time, it actually wasn't as much the sugars and things like that because people drank more black coffee than they do today, even though the coffee was actually terrible Yeah. back then. You can go back and listen to our Why coffee. Why did they drink it back then? Why? Yeah. I don't know. They just did just because fun? they were like hardcore. And so like you could go back and listen to our coffee history episodes. And if you look like in the 1950s and things like that, I mean, it was probably some of the worst coffee that we've had in history, but yeah. people, a lot of people drank it black. Yeah. But anyway, um, it turns out that it wasn't coffee that was to blame. It was cofactors, including poor health, smoking, drinking, lack of physical activity uh, that weren't controlled for. So it wasn't actually the coffee. So today, we are going to focus on how regular coffee consumption impacts your health specifically with antioxidants. That's the biggest one. We're going to talk about that. Antioxidants or antioxidants? Anti. Hot take. Hot take. Anti. Anti? Anti? But you have to say like any. Any? Antioxidants. Okay. So from this point forward, I'm going to say antioxidants. Yeah. Antioxidants and any, any, I got to say anti-inflammatories. I can't say anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories. I'll say antioxidants and, and I'll say anti-inflammatories. anti-inflammatories. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we're going to talk about an- antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. We're going to talk about the microbiome. You know about Whoa. the microbiome? Baby um, environments. No. Oh. No. No. But that's Microbiomes. why. That's why it's great for us to talk because people out there may not know what it means. So it's going to well, be good. we're in the same boat, my friend. Yes, you're a one-on-one or two. Okay, we're going to talk about cancer, and we're going to talk about liver health. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about metabolism, nice. heart health, mental health. Ooh, and then yes. we're going to talk about some, some things that maybe coffee isn't good at because we have to be fair. Gen Zs need to chime in for the mental health portion. Well, everybody, everybody's got issues you know, probably more than they realize. Okay, so any antioxidants mm-hmm. and anti-inflammatories. All right, coffee is a great source of antioxidants and has anti-inflammatory actions. So what this can do is this can protect against inflammation and chronic disease triggered by inflammation like heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and Parkinson's disease. Either your mouth is dropped because you're amazed or you're yawning. We always record these when I'm so tired. I thought you were going to say you were amazed. Yeah. I thought your jaw was dropped. Yeah. So, well, seriously, let me tell you this. Most medical problems are based on inflammation. Okay. Yeah. I mean. So, so coffee has a huge amount of antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, anti-inflammatories. And so it's like, it's like inflammation and it goes in and says, nope, we're not going to have it today, brother. Aren't all the jitises inflammations? Yeah. Like itis. Uh-huh. Itis, like conjunctivitis. Yeah. Orchitis. Pharyngitis. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a. Yeah, it's like an inflammation thing. Look, you could be a doctor. The more you know. Oh, yeah. The more you know. Okay, so sorry, one-on-oneers, but we're going to throw some heavy words at you here, but you can do it. So coffee appears to attenuate, that means like slow down or stop, 
inflammatory markers like interleukin-6, uh, TNF-alpha, interferon gamma, and transforming growth factor B. So, so all that means to you is that like what it does is it goes in there and when inflammation is like we about to mess up this brother, then it says no, you're not, and it closes Stop. the door. Stop. Yeah, exactly. And again, like I said, that's what makes a difference in um, all these, a lot of these uh, medical conditions that are pretty common, like type 2 diabetes. So the main components in coffee that exert these effects are phenolic compounds like chlorogenic acids, caffeine, diterpenes, trigonelline, and melanoidins. And I just threw all those out there because they're big words. Nice. They do mean something to me. And if we have any physicians or people in the healthcare industry out there, then they would know. And then if there are any roasters out there, then y'all would know about chlorogenic acids because that lends to some of our flavor or whatever you want to call it, taste in the actual coffee itself. And we're just going to call them CGAs for now. So CGAs decrease production of inflammatory mediators through several mechanisms. And diterpenes, which are like cafestol and kaweol, are naturally occurring in coffee. So what those are is if, Katie, like you're making your coffee and you have a paper filter, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to get cafe stall and kawaiol like in the actual coffee cafe stall just rolls off the tongue okay. or kawaiol 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 but if you have a metal filter uh, then you will get these do you in, want them well do you not you probably want them we're going to talk about their their advantages and disadvantages as we go through this but you probably want them um, but with a metal filter, the holes are big enough that these are actually lipids or fats that come through. I know what those are. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. So those are, that's what comes through the actual coffee. So is it like thicker? Well, it can give it a creaminess. Ooh. No, it's good. It's good. That just sounds off-putting to me. No. It might be great, actually. It gives it like a creaminess to the... Oh. Have you ever heard of people like, I don't know that I would say I recommend this, but people sometimes will put butter. In their coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh my, to each anyway, his own, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it gives like a little creamy whatever. But anyway, so if you if you have a metal filter and you and you see like a, a sheen on top of your coffee, that is the lipids. Those are the lipids like floating or the fats floating on top that's like how oil looks in water correct yeah huh huh how about that figure yeah so that's what that is trigonelline is a plant alkaloid derivative of vitamin b6 which upregulates antioxidant enzyme activity and decreases lipid peroxidation big words but you're going to have to trust me that those are good things i think you've been learning your words the day without me well, I've I spent years like learning a lot of these words. So, mm-hmm. all right, melanoidins are actually the byproducts of the roasting process. This is partly what causes that brown color, and they have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory activity through radical scavenging and/or metal chelating attributes. So, 
what that is is like if you have this like we'll say rogue thing like going through your body like i'm about to mess up some stuff then what the melanoidins will do is they will they will scavenge like they will eat that thing up and they'll say you are not going to mess with my brother today false does that make sense yeah okay all right and as we kind of alluded to earlier coffee has more antioxidants 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 Y'all tell us what you think. I mean, either tell us through a rating or tell us like DM Mumble Coffee on uh, Instagram if you think it's antioxidants or antioxidants. The way your voice just changed. I thought we were like going into a promo and I was like, wait. No. No. So it has more antioxidants than red wine or green tea. Annie or anti. We need to let it divide the world like Yanny versus Laurel. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a super weird thing that, that went through. So, we have talked about antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. And of all the things we're going to talk about with coffee and health, this is probably the biggest impact that a cup of coffee has on long-term health. I'm ready. No, I'm saying this is oh, it. Oh, this is it. That, this, oh, this okay. Is it. Nice. This is it. And I'm Wait, not saying so don't listen. Oh, I'm not sorry. saying don't listen past this point, but I'm saying y'all have to see that inflammation causes most medical problems, and this, these attributes that coffee has can help to curb some of those. Does that make sense? So, long story short, drink coffee in moderation. Just drink coffee. Well, and we're going to talk about how much you much can drink. Caffeine. No, listen to me. We're going to talk about how much you can actually have, which actually is quite a bit. Because I drank some the other day. Um, I think I went to Starbucks and I ordered like a large shaken espresso. Yeah. And then isn't it like 400 milligrams of caffeine is the daily recommended like allowance or uh, whatever? You can do up to 500. Up to 500. Yeah. Whatever I drank. It was like only 60 milligrams below the recommended daily amount. Yeah. And I was like, okay, once. maybe I don't need to do that again. Because it was like four shots of espresso. Yeah. And then okay. I was like, okay, maybe not. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Sometimes you get derailed by bad coffee. Maybe you just have to put a lot of cream and sugar in it. And there's always that crash afterwards, not to mention the effects the cream and sugar may have on your health, which we will talk about in this episode and the upcoming episodes. Maybe it just tastes terrible and puts you in a bad mood, and so you drink less of it, or worse, skip it altogether. Life's too short to drink bad coffee, so just stop it. Get humble coffee, or if you have a roaster that you love and you can drink it black, Go and support them. And and if you want to get Humble Coffee, just look in the show notes or go to HumbleCoffee.com. That's U-M-B-L-E Coffee.com. Now let's get back to our discussion on coffee and how it affects your health. Anyways. All right, let's talk about the gut, the microbiome. The GI. The GI system. I love the GI. So you have, everybody's got bacteria on all of them. They've got it in their gut. They've got it on their skin. I know that freaks people out, but the microbiome 
is something that is super important to like balancing our health. And we're going to talk about specifically what coffee does. With, Wait, so what is the microbiome? So it is um, basically all these ba- the bacteria and stuff like that in your in your gut in this example. So it is a biome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant earlier. Well, it's a biome for microbes. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Some for some reason I was thinking you were talking about like babies. No. What the no. Okay, well maybe you got it I mean, maybe like, you got it better. Like maybe a, you understood it better. An than environment of micro things. Yes. Yeah. That's that's correct. Okay. So coffee alters the gut microbiome. It induces changes in the structure and function of the gut microbiome. And it does it to favor an anti-obese profile. So I'm not saying that if you drink a bunch of coffee that you're going to lose weight, but I'm saying that it changes your gut profile to favor an anti-obese profile. Bifidobacteria, which is one of the bacteria in your gut um, that it alters in a good way, has been associated with anti-inflammatory effects, which also help, obviously, you know, prevent inflammation in the gut. So, like we said earlier, that's a good thing. There's no evidence... Listen, y'all, no evidence that coffee increases the risk of developing peptic ulcer disease. So, again, that's a good thing. And the jury is still out on if coffee consumption lowers the risk of colorectal cancer. Now, let's talk about diabetes. 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 I got the sugar. Okay. I feel like a lot of people have diabetes. (laughs) They do. Like a lot of people, like I feel well, like people just be we like, could oh have yeah, a whole episode on oh diabetes. yeah, my diabetes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's well, not fun. Short story is there's too much sugar in the American. Is diet. that really why people get diabetes? It's a big part of it, and highly processed foods. Dang, it, ha- it has to do with insulin spikes. Huh. Um, but again, that's another topic for a medical podcast. But not necessarily. Whoa, are this we one. having a medical podcast? No, 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 we're not. We're okay, not. never mind. But anyway, but that we'll was deep fake dive. News. We'll deep dive, you know, medically on the coffee effects here. Okay. Okay. So, coffee appears to be protective against type two diabetes. Interestingly, it's not the caffeine that causes this, because they've done studies looking at caffeinated and decaf coffee. And you get the same effect. So it's not the caffeine. And looking at all studies, there's about an 11% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes per cup per day compared to non-coffee drinkers. That's a lot. That is a lot. So if you think about it, let's say you drink three cups of coffee. That's, that's lowering your risk of type 2 diabetes by a third. And we're Dang. talking about black coffee. We're not talking about... So does it just like zap the sugar? Well, what it does is it helps metabolism and improves insulin sensitivity. And it's likely anti-inflammatory. Or it's, it's anti-inflammatory. So those are the things that make the difference. Nice. So especially the insulin sensitivity. So insulin, 
I mean, y'all kind of know this, but insulin is the thing that manages the sugar level in your body. So what it does is it helps that do its job better. So that's a good thing. So here's another interesting thing. What if you're like, ooh, I drink three cups of coffee, but my doctor who graduated in the 1950s and somehow is still practicing says coffee's bad for me and I shouldn't drink it. And I cut back to one cup of coffee a day. He'd be 70 years old. He'd probably be way older. I don't know. Oh, wait, he graduated in the 50s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be, like, really old. Yeah. So what if what if somebody said you needed to cut back, and again, we're talking about black coffee. We're not talking about people saying cut back on having three foo-foo drinks with lots of sugar and creamer. Um, if you cut back, you have a 17% increased risk of diabetes per cup per day. Well, darn. I know. Yeah. So if you're drinking three cups or whatever, just Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Because that's what you need to do. All right. Let's talk about cancer. Coffee does not, I repeat, does not increase the risk of breast, ovarian, pancreatic, or kidney cancer. That just doesn't make sense. Like, why would it cause cancer? Well, like I said, back in the day, you know, they weren't 100% sure, um, you know, what the deal was with coffee, and they were kind of scared of it. And if you go back again and listen to the coffee history episodes, like, even when coffee started hitting, like, um, the United Kingdom and Europe, like, they, they tried to outlaw it because, like, it just really had a significant effect on people, and people were scared of that. Yeah. But then over time, with data, we found that it's actually good. So Hmm. anyway, that's the deal. So does not increase the risk of those cancers. The historical thought that coffee might increase the risk of bladder cancer now appears to be no increased risk, but it was that cigarette smoking was leading to the bladder cancer risk. And so so that um, that was skewing the data when they look back and so when they when they address that then they realize coffee did not have an effect although it does increase your urgency and frequency it does not increase your risk of bladder cancer interesting yep and there was one study where an increase in consumption of one cup of coffee per day decreased overall cancer risk by three percent because of inflammation yes that's correct Look at you. I'm learning. I know. Fist pump. Boom. We just did a fist pump. You saw that in your mind. With an explosion in the studio. It was really cool. It was. There were like sparkles and things like that. Okay. Continuing on cancer. Coffee likely protects. Hear me? Protects against colorectal, male breast, bladder, buckle, which is in your mouth, pharyngeal, which is also technically in your mouth, endometrial, esophageal, hepatocellular, which means liver, leukemic, and prostate cancers. And it might protect against pancreatic cancer, although we also said that pancreatic had at least no increased risk. So, there. Part of this lower risk is directly related to caffeine because depending on the cancer Decaf drinkers did not share the same lowered risk profile depending on the study. Wait, so caffeine's good for you? 
Yes, up to an extent. And huh. as we go through these these few episodes here, we're going to deep dive into how much is not just neutral, but actually beneficial for your health on a day. That's crazy. It is. I was like, caffeine was bad. No. Like drugs. No. No. Because, and, and we've talked about it in previous episodes, and we'll talk about it a little bit here, how it affects the adenosine receptor that, like the adenosine is this thing that tells your body, like, it's time to go to sleep, bro. And, bro. Bro. And caffeine just like, is sitting there at the receptor and like a adenosine tries to come up and it's like, it like does a ninja chop. It's like, whoosh. And it's like, actually, no, it's not time to go to sleep. So. And you need to get back in your bed. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now, this suspected lower risk mainly is related to antioxidant, antioxidant. Antioxidant. Antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects. Like we said, a lot of... A lot of medical problems are because of inflammation. Would it help with bloating? Is that inflammation? Well, it would. It My would. My girls help, out there struggle. It would help to optimize your GI system across the board. I'll say that. Huh. So, so it helps with like your digestive system. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Let me also say this real quick. So. We're going to get into this in um, an episode or two from now, but as you roast the coffee, the further you get into the roast, some of these effects aren't as impactful, you know, as opposed to if they're lighter roasted. Uh, So, for example, the chlorogenic acids you know you can roast those out or the polysaccharides or the sugars in the coffee you can roast some of those out but both of those can play a benefit in health and so we'll get into that a little little more when we get to some of these other episodes okay let's talk about bone health in a korean study of about 4,000 postmenopausal women subjects in the highest quartile of coffee intake had 36 percent lower odds of osteoporosis compared to those in the lowest quartile. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a significant change in bone strength, like a 36% lower risk of osteoporosis. Osteoporosis, for those who don't know, would be basically, think about it. uh, Hold on. Is it like when the bones are like um, slowly like getting weaker? Yeah, so osteo would be bone. degrading themselves? Kind of. So, osteo would be bone and porosis. Think about porous. Yeah. So, it'd be more porous. I learned about that in anatomy and physiology last year. Look at you. Wow. Look at you. All right, let's talk about liver health. Coffee protects against gallstone disease, which is a big one because lots of people have issues with their gallbladder, and it is inversely connected to hepatic cirrhosis. So that means coffee's consumption has been associated with lower levels of AST, ALT, and GGTP, which are things that we measure as far as like your liver health. So that's a good thing. The effect is even more pronounced in patients with a high risk of liver injury, like they're obese, they have significant alcohol intake, diabetes, hepatitis, things like that. Coffee has been shown to slow down or inhibit replication of hepatitis C and is protective against non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. 
another study showed an association with coffee consumption and lower mortality, which means death, in chronic liver disease patients. Two to three cups of coffee per day reduces the risk of hepatocellular carcinoma. That's so, a fancy word. Yeah, so basically liver cancer about 38%. Nice. That's a lot. That is a lot. We're talking about like our coffee. Like people should know this. It's like this having a cat decreases your heart chance of heart attack <laughs> yeah. about 30%. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever we talked about <laughs> on that other episode. All right. Men who drank two cups of coffee per day had a risk of being affected by symptomatic gallbladder disease that was 60% lower than men who did not drink coffee. Oh. Yeah, crazy. The main mechanism proposed for coffee's protection of the liver includes caffeine, the phenols, and the melanoidins, which we talked about both of those earlier. Okay, Katie, so on today's show, we talked about the antioxidant, antioxidants. Annie, oh, sorry. My Annie. voice has been really down in the dumps lately. That's Anyways, okay. antioxidants. antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. We talked about the gut microbiome. Yes. We talked about all kinds of cancer stuff, and we talked about liver health. Yep. Next episode, y'all are all going to have to listen. We're going to talk about how coffee affects metabolism. I'm actually really excited for that one. Yeah. Heart disease, mental health, and yes. some potential bad side effects that coffee Ooh. could have. Because we have to be fair. Oh, snap. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you've been listening to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. If you haven't already, leave us a rating. Smash that subscribe button. Give us <laughs> a like. follow button or whatever it I'm is. I'm kidding. Actually, wait, there is a subscribe button on the podcast. Exactly. I thought that was just YouTube. Well, I think they technically call it a follow. But, okay, never mind. But, but same well, like, thing. Yeah, do it. Yeah, so do that. So follow us if you haven't. Give us a rating. And tell a friend about Coffee 101. And if you want to do something really cool as a bonus, then go and buy some humble coffee so yeah. that you can support the podcast as well as humble coffee itself we are a health focused coffee company yes and that's something we're going to get into a little probably towards the tail end as far as like why this is something we we really try to focus in on so the best for the best that's right that's right that's who we are so thank y'all for joining us today we love y'all we'll see you next time on coffee 101 peace out peace out